You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. We are excited to continue our series here. We're going to continue today. Tis the season of giving. And it's been really fun to watch how many people have been excited about generosity. Right? Generosity at this time. It's interesting because in this time of season, we're expecting a message on baby Jesus and the wise men and all those things, which we will get to on Christmas Eve. But we believe in this church that giving is not just a Christmas story, but it's a kingdom quality. Generosity. Giving away. In fact, it all starts in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that what? He, he gave. He gave his only son. And our response to him giving his son. Let, let me even put it this way. Because I've been thinking about him giving his son. We know that the Trinity, three in one, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so essentially God gave himself to you. Like he was like, there is no other way, there's no other thing that I could do that would show the love that I have for my children, but to literally give myself as an offering to you and I. And then we partner that with Isaiah 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And look what he gave to us. He gave us hope. Because he knew in 2022, the government would be crazy, right? we all be skeptical about things. The voting would be off the charts. We'd be fighting with one another. So he says this. He says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's got this. Turn to somebody next to you and say, he's got this. He's got this. Oh, and it's not just that. Look what else. It says, his name shall be called. It's his identity. His identity is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Whatever you need, he has it. It's him. So I want you to know that when we talk about giving, what we're saying is our response to what he gave to us is to be generous and give back to him. Whether it's our praise, whether it's our adoration, whether it's the way we live our life, and even just being a conduit of the goodness of God. Today, I want to talk to you about another level of giving. We've talked about tithe. We've talked about free will offering. Today, I want to talk to you about sacrificial offerings. Amen. Amen. So we want to give you an opportunity to partake in a sacrificial offering at the end of the service in our big give, which we're excited about. Yes. The first service was amazing. Yes. I know this service is going to be amazing as well, but yeah. we want to partner with the Haven of Hope. If you were here last week, you got to hear all about it. saw the video. They gave a testimony. Um, but basically, it's a out of 431 ministries right here in Columbia Spring Hill area, and they are partnering they want to build on um to what they already are doing um offering a place for um what are they foster foster girls that there's did you know in between all the um 18 to 21 year olds yeah all the million dollar out. homes that you see there is a big foster care yes. need in our area and so they have taken it on themselves to take this project on to offer a place for these foster girls mm -hmm. that you know when you're 18 you age out and you're pretty much on your own so they want to offer an opportunity to bring them in and give them a more of a head start i guess that there's people um, to help them. 
I'm sorry, there's a camera like right in my face here. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like talk to a robot or something. I want to like move them or something. <laughs> anyway. Or it's like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Just doing, doing my job. Oh, it's like the R2-D2. Like, hello. No. Anyway, on, back stay on, on track. Stay on track. Please. Haven of Hope <laughs> is our big gift today that we want to sacrificially give to because they are helping the modern day yes. Um, orphans, these girls. How many of you have uh, teenagers? And when they reach 18, I don't think they're ready to make it on their own. So they come in and they help these people that don't, these girls that don't have families, try to make it and try to uh, give them tools and equip them for um, to make it in the world. I will say a sacrifice, it costs you something, right? And I know this time of year, it's even harder to give because we're worrying about everything else. But I'm reminded that if our kids, if you have kids or if you're in love, if they need something this time of year, they want that special gift, you guys are going to do whatever it takes to do it, right? We're going to tap into our savings. We're going to get an extra job. Do you remember Do you remember before online buying where we'd actually have to go to a store? Anybody remember those days? I, I still go to stores. No, they, nobody goes to the store. What? And, no, it's just not fun. When you go to the store and you had to wait for them to open the door so you could get a Tickle Me Elmo. Remember those days? You no, would punch people, patch. push people, curse at people <laughs> for a Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> The dichotomy of things. <laughs> I just True. need that Elma that goes. That was actually <laughs> kind of fun. Like that, right? That was a good Elma. <laughs> Super creepy Elma. We'll yes. do whatever it takes to whatever um, it takes. get these gifts for our kids, right? right? But when the Lord asks us to give a little extra, right? How many know wisdom starts to kick in and we're like, well, we really shouldn't tap into our savings. We really shouldn't put that on our credit card, you know, all these things. But how many know we want to be the people that are like, we want to give to the Lord first. Not what our kids need, what, not that, but whatever the Lord asks us to give. So we're excited. Hopefully you came here ready to give. And if you didn't, hopefully by the end of the message you want to give. And don't be surprised if God changes the amount you thought you were going to give into something else. Yeah, we've so, already had that happen to, in the first service. Yeah. I will say this, that if you're a guest here today, we just started attending Southview. This is something we just started doing this year because we believe if we can end the year off by being a conduit of God's goodness to the city, our desire is that Southview would be a blessing to the city of Spring Hill. I want you to know that because of your generosity, this week we're taking a team to actually bless the public works and utilities groups that actually serve our city. We're going to bring them lunch this week. We're going to pray a blessing over them. And we're going to serve them because we believe that the church should be a benefit to the city. So the city should be blessed because of what we do. And your generosity has not only impacted this city, but even across the globe. Many of you know there is a war going on in Ukraine. We have people that are, that are ministering to, to the broken and hurting. And literally this week, those missiles hit the city of Krivoy Rogue. That's where our friends are pastoring. And so they've had people that have died, family members that they've lost. You are pouring into that church. That church is receiving refugees from all over the city that are coming to live in the church. That's something you pour into. So we want to be a place of radical generosity. And I want to share scripture with you today. Is that okay? Yes. We're a church. Is that all right? Can you open your Bibles to Mark 12? Let's do this. Mark 12. I want to share a scripture, some couple stories with you in the New Testament. Over the last couple of weeks, we've shared some stuff in the Old Testament, and the New, but I want to share a story that Jesus was a part of, and this is the story of the widow's might. In Mark 12, verse 41, it says, and he, Jesus, 
sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. The audacity of Jesus. Like, think about this for a moment. Jesus goes up into the temple and literally just kicks back with his cappuccino and just watches. <laughs> he didn't probably have a cappuccino. But he would just watch people giving. Why is this in the Bible? Think about this. Of all the stories Jesus did, this is the one we put in. I think there's something about it Jesus wants us to get. He's discerning something. Jesus came to flip up the whole idea of the culture. Do you know in that day and age, many of the Israelites and the Jews believed that if you had wealth, you were holy. That you could essentially get your way into heaven because you had a lot of money and you could give. So Jesus was looking at these people give. And, and there were probably anywhere between 12 to 13 offering boxes. So you could give to the church. You could give to the poor. You can give to the widows. There was different areas where people could give. And look what happens. He watches them and he makes an assumption. But before we get into that, I want to jump back to Mark 10. Because Jesus is addressing a cultural stereotype. He's talking to this man that scripture says was a rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler had a lot of wealth, but he came to Jesus and he said, listen, I've done all the Ten Commandments. I've held them. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus looks at him and he doesn't say, listen, if you could just go to church more, you know, if you could just not kill anybody, we'll get you in. No, no. He actually goes and he goes right after his heart. He says, I want you to take your money and give it away. Now, he would not have used that same scenario for anyone else. But scripture says the reason why the man turned away and was sad is because he had a lot of wealth. See, Jesus was not interested in his money. He was interested in his heart. So now let's go back to the story here. In Mark 12, verse 42, all the disciples and the people of that time believed that this person, this poor widow, was just going to just barely survive. She's coming in. She's giving what she had. Jesus notices her, and it says, a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. Now, many of you would walk over a penny. You wouldn't touch it because you don't want germs. Don't pick up that penny. Many of you won't even bend down for a dime or a nickel. This woman gave a worth of a penny, and Jesus takes notice of it. He's looking at her sacrificial offering. Verse 44, it says, And they all contributed out of their abundance. Let me go back to 43. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all who are contributing to the offering box. The disciples were like, are you serious, Jesus? She put in less than a penny. This is worthless. Look at all these rich people coming in, writing large sums of checks. They're putting in large amount of money. Jesus notices the poor widow. And he says, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had and all she had to live on. See, the rich put out of their abundance what they wouldn't miss, what didn't move them or cost them anything. In fact, what my friend Pastor Steve says is God is looking for a gulp in your gift. 
something that costs you something. I like to say a gasp in your gift. When you write something, you write a check or you give an amount to the Lord and you're going, mm, this, is, this hurts me a little bit. That is the sacrificial offering that moves God in a whole different way. See, we talked about tithing. That's God's. Give it back to what is his. Then we talked about free will offering to give above and beyond that. This is the one that hurts a little bit, but actually transforms the one giving it. See, Jesus talked about finances. In fact, I shared with you over these last few weeks, 2,000 times in scripture does God talk about money and possessions. Only 500 does he talk about faith and prayer. Think about that. See, God knew in 2022, we would be hung up on money. People would not go to church because that's all they want is our money. Do you know that we don't need your money to operate? God supplies all our needs. What we are giving you is an opportunity to pour into the kingdom of God and actually give to the city and beyond, and you get transformed by your giving. In the Sermon on the Mount, we know this, Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us about our relationship to material goods. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will despise the one and love and be devoted to the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The reality is, is God is not against money. He's against whatever steals your adoration. And many of us in this room, when we talk about money, we tune off. But see, real generous Christians get excited about giving. Have you ever been in a church? We don't, we don't do that here yet. But when they give the offering and everybody goes crazy and you're like, what is going on in this place? <laughs> bunch of fruit loops we're gonna give hallelujah hallelujah you're like what is happening they have realized that when they give generously it's a joy and they want to be a cheerful giver so don't push this off as an old testament old covenant thing if you do that you intentionally remove major themes and teachings throughout the new testament including paul talking about it to the church all the time so Listen to me, if tithing is wrong, if we got it all wrong and God isn't into tithing anymore, the worst you did is you gave a small portion of your income to help and bless people in your community and globally and spread the gospel. The best you did, listen, is be obedient in an ancient practice that has statistically been proven to benefit the giver. That's why we're talking about this today. So I want you to know that in your pastors here, that we're not saying something we're not doing. Like, like I wouldn't come up here. I love talking about this because I can honestly say God has shown us in our own life through success and failure, the power of giving. So when we talk to you about this, we have stories that we want to share. Now, listen, it, as Leanne shares these stories, I don't want you to think, oh, look at Pastor Mark and Leanne. They're so holy. No, we're trying to teach you and show you that as we learn about giving, we want to celebrate with you so you know that we can join together for the kingdom. Amen. That's good. It's just a testimony because how many know you're encouraged by the word of the testimony? You know, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. If it can happen for you, it can happen for me. So we just want to share just a little bit of our journey on um, sacrificial giving. Um, back when we started the building campaign, 
I said to Mark, I said, I want to be like one of the biggest givers. But how many know we're on a one income family, you know, with 10 of us, 12 of us all together. So there really is an extra to give like big. So well, and our kids eat a lot. Oh, my goodness. I think it's more than our mortgage payment. It's yes. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, anyway, so I said, what does that look like? So we began to pray. Yes. And once we were in this meeting and we decided, let's let's pray and ask God. So we were praying. I prayed and I heard God tell me something. And I turned to Mark. And I said, you're not going to like what the Lord has told me. And he said, well, I think he may have told me the same thing. So through conversing, conversing, we, the Lord told us the same thing, to sell our house and give $100,000 of the proceeds to the building campaign. Now pause for a moment. I will pause. Here's what I want to tell you. We don't have some elaborate, extensive savings account. No savings account. That's right. <laughs> our savings is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's provision. not get into this. People are judging us right now. You try to feed 10 kids we, and have a savings we, account. We don't live on paycheck to I paycheck. I work for the church. We no, live okay. on blessing Listen, let's blessing. Hold on. Okay. But what I, what, so what I wanted you to know, because I want, I want to make sure we share this, is that in our minds, we felt like our savings was the equity in our home. That's what I was going to say. I, I held on to that 100000 as if right. like... That's mine. We would talk about it. Like, well, if all else fails, we could sell our house and we have equity. Yeah. And, and the and Lord I goes, was, what does the Lord say? What does he say? He says, I want the equity. Oh, yeah. He wants everything. That darn Jesus there. He wants it all. I don't think you could say um, that, Leanne. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I was the one saying crazy thing. I mean, it, it's his only is his birthday. I mean, let's. Trying to go easy anyway, on him. Anyway, backtracking, edit that out. Um, <laughs> um, so he asked us, and now listen, our house was fit us perfectly. We're a big family. It fit us, so there was no need that we had to sell it, or I was like gaining something if I sold it. Um, but we were going to do it. 2020 hits, and that kind of set us back. And I realized that was like an opportunity to for us to go back on what he told us, right? It's like, I think the Lord was like, are you still going to be obedient? Because nothing was happening in 2020. We could have said, you know what? We'll just forget God spoke and move on. But we didn't. We fast forward. We decided to put our house on the market. When we put it up, it was the time when this area is rocking and rolling, right? You could put your house on the market. It's a dump. You're getting a million dollars. You guys have, have all experienced it. Um, which is another thing. I'm like, really, God, really? Now you're going to have us sell our house? And granted, we got some equity in the house more than we would have. But when you go to buy, everything's astronomical, right? So things were already at the top of our budget. And all the lovely people moving into this area, God bless you guys. We're happy you're here. We're outbidding us $100,000. That's California money. You just came in and we're like... <laughs> I mean, and that's not an exaggeration. A hundred and twenty thousand, we were outbid. Outbid. And I'm like, God, I don't. I how do? What do we do? So I'm calling up my mom. We're going to be living with you because even rentals you couldn't find. Um, but I continually, I was like, I'm going to trust the Lord because I know He told me this. I played Maverick City, wait on the Lord more than you can possibly imagine, and I was like, Oh yeah, Jira. I'm like, Please, you're enough. Um, but those were things I cling to. <laughs> so as I'm looking for a house in this season, one pops up. And I'm like, you know what? 
I just felt drawn to it for them. Actually, I think he, it was a Sunday morning, and I was looking, and I'm texting Mark and Tina. I was like, Tina's our realtor. And I'm like, I want to go see this house. Now, it was over budget, but I just felt this like nudge to go do it, to go look at it. So we did, and every, every realtor loves this person. I'm telling my sister, I'm going to offer them less. And she's like, oh, you just got outbid 120. You're going to offer less. You're, you're amazing. And so I was like, well, let's just see what happens. So we offer 30000 under asking price, and they entertained our offer. I mean, that's the Lord in this market. On top of that, we come to find out no one has seen this house. I mean, in this market where people were buying houses sight unseen, this house was like saved. The Lord actually hid this house from other people, which when I think about that, I'm like, God, you're so amazing. He hid the house. He um, offered, gave us less. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, guess what? I want to um, pay your down payment for your house. Who, who, who does that? Yes. So all these things... Now, I mean, it's amazing. Now, I will say this. The house that the Lord provided is does not fit us, right? We downsize, right? And so you can say, um, well, when you give sacrificially, the Lord's going to bless you and give you abundantly everything you could want. Not necessarily. It doesn't always happen that way. But what did happen was through all these little steps, I can't doubt that it was the Lord that this is where I was supposed to be. He showed me several things that, okay, I didn't make a mistake. This is where you're putting us, and I'm going to learn whatever he has for me in this season, whatever it is, because um, what he wants me to know. Because how many know when he brings you into something and he asks you to do something sacrificially or even says, say yes, there's a reason. He's doing something in us. He's working something in us. And I know he was like, Leanne, I need to raise your faith level. I need you to know that that $100,000 is, uh, please, ye of little faith, ye of small mindset. I got you. And so through this journey, I, I'm, we're able to believe for even greater things like this building in hallelujah, Jesus' name. It's going to come. Um, but it only comes through sacrifice. I can't see the blessing of Lord without a sac I have to I have to put something in to see great things. It's like we all want to see great, but we don't want to give. Right? It's like no God's like test me in this. Test me in this. So let me let me share a story in 2 Corinthians Paul's exhorting the church in their giving. He's talking to the church of Corinth and the people in Macedonia were blessing them. And this is interesting to me blows me away when I read this in chapter 8, verse 1. It says, I want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. What did he just say? He partnered joy with extreme poverty. They were going through a severe test of affliction, had joy. Look what it says. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. They gave their tithe. They gave to the church. And then by the will of God, they gave to us. Yeah. This is a whole nother level of giving. This is the level that I believe the church is called to give yeah. in this day and age. 
It's a level that we go, listen, God, I'm going to look at the circumstances that you want me to give to, not my bank account and what I can afford to give. But I actually want to be part of a miracle. So many of us want to experience a miracle. Giving opens up miracles. I'm telling you, listen, they gave out of their deep trials of affliction. That means their circumstances were bad. They gave out a deep poverty. That means time were really tough. They gave beyond their ability more than anyone would have ever figured. Paul was amazed. They begged Paul, please let us give. Paul's like, look, you guys are going through it. We want to give. We want to give. They gave abundantly joyfully and abundantly generosity. And after they had given their tithe to the Lord, they gave above and beyond. Now, here's what I want you to know. Today, we're talking about the widow and we're talking about the church of Macedonia. Why? Because of their giving. There's so many stories that it could have been in the Bible. Scripture says that if there were, if, if, if everything that Jesus did was written down, there would be not enough books to contain all the things. But Jesus, the Holy Spirit, chose to put these two stories in the Word of God. Why? Because sacrificial giving leaves a legacy. It's the opposite of our kingdom here on earth. We say store up, save up, hoard up, and you'll have. God's Word says give and it shall be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, run it over, shall be given unto you. There's this reality that when we give a forgiveness, when we give finances, when we give relationally, when we serve, all of these things come back to us. In fact, I'll leave you with this. It's not the size of the gift that matters, it's the size of the sacrifice. So for some of you, a sacrifice is $100. Today, giving to the big give, $100. That's a sacrifice. God sees it. See, it's not about how much we give. It's about how much we have left over after we give that gets Jesus' attention. I know there are people in this room, I can tell, I know your faith, that you've given and emptied out your bank account. And God has supplied every need. Some of you have has experienced the goodness of God. You've tested them in this. And you see what he does. See, we're not asking for equal gifts from all. We're asking for equal sacrifice from all. I'm going to say this thing real quickly because we want to lead you to the next part of our service. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. For each one must give as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. If you give cheerfully, that activates something in heaven. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you and I may abound in every good work. For as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Ed Trout says this almost every time he comes. He says, God will get to you what he can get through you. I want us to be a church full of givers. I want us to be known as a family of believers that faithfully, obediently tithe, that have generous free will offerers and radical sacrificial givers. So this week, we're going to be giving to the Big Give, and we're excited 
we, we're gonna have we're gonna take a moment where you guys we really want you to pray and seek God on what you want to give not actually I should say what God wants you to give right not what you want to give because there's something like I said before about giving out of our need to watch God do amazing things in your life that's the sacrificial give and God can do exceeding and abundantly more than we can think of or ask. And it might not be the way you planned. Yeah. It might not be what you think. But I can tell you, it's going to be good no matter what it is. When we give, God will open up the windows of heaven. Hear me. He'll pour out blessings we can't contain. He will rebuke the devourer. You will reap bountifully all grace, all sufficiency, all things, abundance for every good work. Righteousness will endure forever. Seeds will be multiplied, increased fruit, enriched in everything, and He will be thanked because of our giving. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.